0: International wellness expert Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith joins us right now to help us unpack and more importantly, access the seven types of rest available to us that can help us live better lives in 2023 and beyond. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, thank you.
0: It's great to have you on. Thank you for the time. we got an hour here, so we're going to unpack a lot over these next 60 minutes. Uh, I was laughing, uh, reading and preparing for our conversation today. Uh, I'm trying to find one type of rest. I didn't know there were seven.
1: Yes, I think you're not alone. <laughs> Most of us are focusing all our attention on sleep.
0: Yeah, I just thought, I'm just trying to get one. I I I I ain't mad at the other six, but if I can just grab a hold of one of them, I'd be I'd be better off. Um, let me let me just start broadly here. Um, I, I am I am curious as to your take, given this is a lane that um, obviously you work in and uh, an exp- or an expert in, if I can say it right. Um, why is it, you think, broadly speaking, that so many of us these days struggle with getting the type of rest that we need? We all know, you know, you don't have to be a, a, a scientist or, or a brilliant academic um, or, you know, to understand and to know that our bodies require sleep. That's that's pretty, that's pretty obvious. If we are going to function at our, at our best, at our, at our premium and prime, We have to get rest. We all know that. And yet every one of us seems to be struggling with getting it. Why why are we in this perennial fight uh, to get the rest that we know our bodies need?
1: Yes, I think that's a big part of it. I think many of us, because we have our attention really focused more on the sleep aspect of it, we don't look into the reasons why we can't sleep well. And for some of us, just as you mentioned, We're not aware that there are different parts of ourselves that need to be restored, which is really at the basis of rest, is that need for restoration of the places that we deplete. Mm -hmm. And so I find that a lot of people stay chronically fatigued because they haven't identified their own personal rest deficit.
0: Mm -hmm. And those deficits, I assume, are different for every one of us.
1: That's exactly right. It boils down to where are you expending energy at throughout your day. And so if you're putting all of your attention on, I just need to get higher quality sleep, your issue may be that you have a mental rest deficit. You're not able to turn your mind off. So you're laying in bed, you want to sleep, but your mind's active, you're processing information, you're ruminating over thoughts. And so that will prevent you from getting higher quality sleep. So your issue really isn't a sleep issue; it's a mental rest deficit issue in that situation.
0: Mm, now we're getting to the good stuff. That's my problem. <laughs> I'll try to figure out how long it would take you to diagnose me in this conversation without being in front of me, without talking to me uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, perennially. But I I, 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 get it now. That I've, I've, I've uh, put my finger on my issue. Um, before I get into these again, seven types of rest here. Um, give me give me let me let me let me do a, go to the opposite side of this uh, conversation and that is to say uh when one is in fact accessing the seven types of rest that they need give, what's that look like i mean since i'm not there and have never been there i don't think what's it look like when you are a person that is getting exactly what you need how 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 how, how beautiful a life are you living if you if you're accessing all of that
1: you're waking up energized you're li- you're pouring out into the world from your place of being full. So I think a lot of us are functional burnouts, Mm -hmm. and I've spent many of my years there. So we are able to continue to produce, but we're we're producing from our place of exhaustion. Mm. And so we wake up in the morning and it's like, you know, here's another Monday and it's Friday and you're living for the weekends, but then the weekends come and go and you still are tired when Monday rolls around. So someone who has evaluated and established some guidelines and boundaries around their ability to rest has ongoing feelings of energy. They are not consistently looking for how am I going to survive this week. They are going into the week feeling empowered and feeling ready to tackle it. Mm.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be a tough conversation for me. I'm getting I'm getting indicted every time I ask her a question. <laughs> it's not <laughs> often. <laughs> it's not often. I have a guest on the program and every question I ask, the answer indicts me. So now I know that I am a functional burnout. That's that's what I am. I'm a functional burnout. I get up every day burnt out, but I put one foot in front of the other and do we have to do to build this station, KBLA Talk 1580. But I get it now. I am a functional burnout. I'm going to understand a little better throughout this hour how I can uh, uh, arrest that development. And you'll learn more in this hour as well about how to address your deficits, as Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith put it. So just getting started with this board-certified internal medicine physician and work-life integration researcher, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, will come forward in a moment and jump right into the seven types of rest that are available to you and to me that we are not taking advantage of. You're listening to KBLA Talk. We continue now uh, this conversation in this hour, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, who is an expert uh, in uh, a variety of things, but expressly in this hour, we are talking about the seven types of rest that are available to us and why so many of us are, as I've just learned, functional burnouts. Uh, I confess that I am one. And uh, sometimes I do conversations for y'all. Sometimes I do conversations for me. This one's for me. (laughs) So we're going to learn throughout this hour. I'm going to learn throughout this hour how I can do something about my being uh, a perennial functional burnout. Uh, and uh, learn a great deal more about these seven types of rest that are available to us that we need to do a better job of accessing uh, and embracing in 2023. So, no, no better time uh, to have a conversation like this than the start of the year. Uh, see if we can make some changes in our lives as we move through 2023. So, Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith, uh, let me uh, yield to you, and uh, we'll walk through them one at a time, and uh, spend the rest of the hour trying to unpack them for the audience. So, there are seven types of rest available to us. Where do you want to start?
1: Well, let's start with physical. I feel like this is the one most people have some understanding on because, as you mentioned, we all know we need sleep. But even when we look at physical rest, we need to understand that it has two components. It has a passive component, which are the sleeping and napping, those things that you don't have to think too much about. You know, you need to get some level of sleep within your life. But then there's also an active component of physical rest, which includes those things that actually help our body to have better circulation, better lymphatic drainage, when, which include things like a leisure walk or yoga, stretching, deep breathing exercises, all of those things that sometimes we don't really put a lot of emphasis on, but that play a huge part in how our bodies feel and how we enter into our day.
0: Mm. Are there, are there, uh, items on that list you just mentioned a few other items on that list maybe one in particular uh, that you would encourage us to start to weave into this first type of rest physical uh, I'm thinking perhaps of meditation I'm thinking perhaps of breathing you mentioned a number of them but uh, is there one that you would that you uh, would recommend to me and to the audience that's that may be easier than the others to start to incorporate into the physical
1: yes absolutely the first thing I would say is to evaluate the body ergonomics of your workstation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where are you spending the majority of your time? Because if your desk, if the chair you're sitting in, if the positioning of your computer screens, if any of these things cause you as your day progresses to feel painful, uncomfortable, to have tension and tightness, that is something that usually can be fixed with just some adjustments. Raising your computer, your monitor so that your head is in proper alignment, mm. making sure that your chair is proper for your body height. Many people are sitting in chairs. If you're short like I am, you might be sitting in a chair that is made for someone who is much taller than you. And so being aware of that, that's like that's typically a one-time fix that will then allow your body physically to feel better in the long term. Because you're not keeping it in a toxic position for six, eight hours throughout the day.
0: Yep. Um, one other question on that. Um, at this, at our company, um, I am very open to that. I always tell people when they come in, um, if the chair they're sitting in doesn't work for them, let me know. We'll try to make some adjustments because I know we spend a lot of hours in this station uh, doing what we do. So I'm, I'm, I I have a nice chair in my office and I figure if I got a nice one, they should have a nice one as well. Um, so we try to make sure that people are, you know, sitting in chairs that are comfortable for them throughout the day. But I'm just curious, are, are most employers you think open to stuff like that? I mean, they know they've got employees there all day long. Uh, but if you know that what you're dealing with in your workspace, uh, if you're listening to us right now is not appropriate, like how does one address that in the workspace?
1: I wish more employers were aware of that, as you'd mentioned with your company, because it has a direct effect on your bottom line. Mm-hmm. When your people are uncomfortable throughout the day, their attitude's not going to be the best. They're not going to give the best customer service. You're not going to get the most out of them. And so what I tell p- some patients specifically when they tell me that, you know, yes, my chair doesn't fit me properly. Sometimes you have to take a little bit of ownership with that because You can purchase like uh, these small stools that go up under the desk that elevate your legs a little bit Mm -hmm. so that your spine is in proper alignment. Sometimes there's some easy fixes you can do for yourself because you do want to have some ownership of your own health. But my suggestion to most employers are to evaluate your staff for the rest deficits that are affecting your bottom line. That's what my company Restoracist does is helping companies evaluate Because sometimes people are leaving not because they necessarily want more income or because they they want promotion. They're leaving because the company environment, the culture of the company, is not lending itself to wellness and well-being. Hmm. And so the person feels like the company is draining them rather than supporting them.
0: Um, I I, I guess, um, not I guess, it is is in fact the case um, that what you've laid out – is uh as i said earlier is as real as rain but we don't really process it that way that is to say that these kinds of things like you know <laughs> discomfort at your desk a bad computer screen a bad chair if you're somewhere and nobody cares about that um you're right the employer's not going to be happy the person may end up leaving the company or certainly not you know not being comfortable and uh, as productive as they ought to be but to your point it really does i never thought about it in that way it really does impact the company's bottom line
1: Absolutely. It's it's amazing sometimes when I'm sitting down with employers and we're discussing their well-being initiatives and things that they can do within their company, they automatically think, yes, we need to address mental health. Yes, we need to address weight. But then when we start talking about these rest deficits and evaluating rest deficits within their teams and within their leaders, sometimes it, you can just see the light bulb go off because they have never processed the fact that When work and life integration is not taken into account, what ends up happening is you lose top talent for companies that are doing it better.
0: Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. All right, we're talking about these rest deficits and we're talking more expressly about these seven types of rest that are available to us that we want to take advantage of in this year. Number one is physical. And we move on now, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, to number two on your list. Number two
1: would be mental. And this is the one that many people struggle with. And it's one that uh, with my rest quiz that we have is one we find that is consistently at the top of the list. For one reason, I feel like primarily most of us spend a lot of time processing information because we are in a very digital age. So we have an, an abundance of information coming to us at any given time. And so you need to be aware that when you experience a rest deficit, some of the side effects you can have, include things like difficulty memorizing things, difficulty pulling information kind of out of your head, um, difficulty trying to learn new facts, and difficulty of turning everything off when you're trying to go to sleep at night. Your head stays very full and you're not able to quiet that cerebral space when you're trying to go to sleep or you're trying to concentrate. And so for those people who experience mental rest deficits, some simple things you can do Rather than tossing and turning in the bed at night, m- mulling over those thoughts, mm-hmm. you can start, you can start having just a notepad or a post-it note or something that you can jot down the information on. We call it brain dumping. And that process is very simple and, and simplistic in that the process of writing it down on something concrete removes the responsibility from your brain having to hold on to that information.
0: I love that notion of brain dumping. I uh, never heard that term before, but I love it. Um, and um, there have been times—I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm confessing here. There have been times I wanted to brain dump, but I was too lazy to get up out of the bed to go find something to write on. Uh, but to your point, and I discovered this kind of on my own, so I'm glad to hear that I did the right thing. I didn't know that I'd get a get a star for this, uh, but because I could feel that I, you know, obviously couldn't go to sleep too much on my brain. Uh, I actually had this issue literally just last night. Uh, last night, I could not get to sleep good. Uh, so much on my brain, I had so much to do today and tomorrow. And uh, what I've learned though, uh, what you just suggested, if you have something by the bed, you can write on or jot it down on, even everybody uses their phones nowadays, you take notes in your phone. But the point is that on whatever device or however you you know get it out of your head, you your you brain dump, Put it on some paper, and then you know you know, what you're going to do the next day when you get up. You know it needs to be done. You know what you're, you know how you're going to approach it. And uh, I have found that that works for me. That uh, that brain dumping, as you put it, uh, works wonders for me. When I can't sleep, get it off, get it off my brain, write it down, put it in my phone, and I know it'll be there. And I wake up um, and uh, off to sleep I go. So I hear you. Um, that works for me. Uh, physical uh, is the first of this list of seven types of rest. Mental is the second. And now we move on, to Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith to the number three issue on your list.
1: Yeah, the third type of rest I would mention would be spiritual rest. And that one gets controversial because there's different types of spirituality in the way that people experience it. Mm-hmm. But at the very core of spiritual rest is that need that we all have to feel as if we belong, to feel like as if we are contributing to the greater good, that sense of acceptance, that sense of, of giving back. And so spiritual rest can be faith-based, but for those who don't have a faith-based system, it can also be experienced through how you engage with purpose and how you engage with different causes and volunteerisms. It's your way of knowing that you are contributing to the greater good and the, the restorative process of our spirit that occurs when we do that.
0: Mm. So for those who, uh, just, so just so I'm clear and they're clear, um, for those who don't have a, you know, a perhaps a spiritual realm in which they worship or uh, process through which they uh, um, can engage in this sort of spiritual rest, what do you suggest they do? I mean, I, I, I get it for me, um, but what, what do you what do you do if you're not connected again to some sort of spiritual outlet that we all participate in?
1: Yeah. So for people who don't have that, are there any causes that are meaningful to you?
0: Mm-hmm. Are there
1: specific non-causes? nonprofit organizations or areas that are that you feel represent you as a person that you want to be connected to, that you want to have community with. And so it's the building of that community where you are allowing yourself to contribute and your contribution is coming from a place where you feel like you are in purpose. You are doing something that is allowing you to give to others.
0: Mm, I love it. The seven types of uh, rest uh, we are discussing in this hour with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, in case you've just tuned in. Uh, The first is physical. The second is mental. The third is spiritual. And the fourth, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, is...
1: Creative. I think so many of us do not see ourselves as creative, but we expend a lot of creative energy in that we're problem solvers. So whether you're someone who is creatively coming up with, you know, projects and products, or if you're someone who is a problem solver within your house or within your business or your job, you're using creative energy. And for many people, because we haven't thought about creative rest deficits, we don't have a system in place to restore creative energy. For a lot of people, creative rest comes in the form of appreciation of beauty, whether that's appreciating nature. you know if, you're at, if you've ever been to the beach and you feel like I feel restored in this setting or around a lake mm-hmm. or if you're out looking at flowers or trees or hiking, those are forms of creative rest. Some people experience creative rest around man-made beauty so it could be going to the theater or listening to music or looking at artwork. It's different for each person, but you have to evaluate what inspires you, what awakens that kind of childlike awe and wonder that allows you to then fill up your own creative well so that you can pour out of that into the projects that you're doing.
0: This won't surprise you, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, and it won't surprise, I suspect, many of our listeners either. Uh, but I have learned over the years, just you know paying attention to my own body, that when I finally, uh, finally get a chance to take a break for a holiday, uh, most of us had some time off of the holiday season. And I have found that when I get a week, I'm just t- say a week, when I get a week off um, for a holiday, the first couple of days, I'm going to sleep. For the first two or three days, don't touch me, don't bother me. <laughs> the most I'll do is order room service uh, and get back in the bed. But for the first two or three days, I just need to rest. And then I find Uh, And this it works like clockwork for me. I find that two or three days in certainly by three days in if I'm going to be off for, you know, seven, eight days on the third day, stuff just starts coming to me. And it, it always cracks me up because it's like the minute that I get a chance to get some rest, physical, mental, spiritual, creative, then more creative thoughts come to me. It's like the minute that I can settle. Um and, you know, push all that other stuff out and just, you know, again, engage in these different types of rest that we're discussing in this hour. Before I even know it, new ideas, new thoughts, new energies just start coming to me. I suspect you hear that all the time.
1: Absolutely, because, and that's that's the reason why I feel like this is so important with for ourselves personally, mm-hmm. but also for us corporately, because how many new ideas are sitting in the heads of people who are just burned out? They can't get out. Yeah, they're in there, you can't get them out,
0: tight. though, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Nope. I hear you. They're in there and they just won't come out. And the minute that you get a little rest, uh, I'm always amazed how the stuff just starts coming to me. And I'm like, Oh, wow. And so my, my staff is known for years. The last, the best thing for Tabitha is to get a break, get him out of here. I'm sure they rejoice when I leave the building for at least a week. Um, but the worst thing is to give me a break. Cause when I come back, I'm coming back with a whole lot of ideas for what we're going to do in the next few months, or next year or so. So uh, it's good and bad. Uh, but uh, again, I'm sure not the only person who uh, who experiences that. We are talking in this hour with Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith about the seven types of rest. We're talking about these rest deficits that we're trying to arrest this year. Uh, the first of those seven is physical. Uh, second, mental. Third, spiritual. Uh, the fourth is creative. We got three more to go. We'll continue after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 15. I'm Tavis Smiley. Glad to have you with us today on KBLA Talk 1580. We are continuing our conversation in this hour uh, about the seven types of rest. I love salons, but you ain't got to do all that to, <laughs> to, to push it away. Uh, if you can just find a way to access these uh, seven types of rest that are available to us, it might not require all that that Solange is singing about so beautifully uh, in that in that track. Love that song uh, from Solange. Our guest in this hour is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Again, we are talking about these seven types of rest that are available to us in 2023 every day. If only we would access them. Uh, she is a board-certified internal medicine physician and work-life integration researcher, and uh, she's been giving us some good intel in this hour about these seven types of rest. Again, in case you just tuned in, uh, you missed our conversation already uh, about uh, physical. Uh, we talked about mental. We talked about spiritual. We talked about creative. The good news is that uh, there are three more to go, which you are just in time for. And if you missed the first four, again, physical, mental, spiritual, and creative, you can always check out the podcast of this program and catch up on what you have missed in the first half of this final hour. So we got physical, we got mental, we got spiritual, we got creative. What do we have as number five? Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith.
1: The next is sensory. And this looks at really the sensory inputs within your day. So being aware of the lights, the sounds, the smells, the tactile influences that are are a part of your day. And so for many people, whether you're working from home or within a, a company, you need to evaluate what are you hearing all day long. Sometimes we are maybe in situations, if you're at home, maybe you're hearing kids work playing in the background or TVs going in the background. If you're in an office space, you might be hearing elevators going off or phones ringing or, you know, any, or machines humming. We have to be aware that although typically we have trained our brain to be able to kind of ignore some of these extra sounds so that we can keep working, that even though we are ignoring it, our brain still has to process it for us to be able to zone it out. And so you can become sensory overwhelmed even though you think you're not really affected by the sensory inputs around you. And for a lot of people, when we become sensory overwhelmed, our normal side effect of that is irritation, agitation, rage, or anger. So if you find that you tend to get easily irritated or you find to be a little kind of on edge throughout your day, kind of wound up and you can't really understand why, start looking at the sensory input. And sometimes that can be as simple as evaluating the number of notifications you're getting on your devices, Mm. whether that's your computer or your cell phone. Because if you're getting a lot of notifications, notifications have a tendency to activate our fight-or-flight response because you get that little bit of a jolt where you're like, oh, who is that? What, what, What do they want? And, it, and if you're getting multiple notifications from, you know, all the different things that we engage with, it can lead to an excessive stress response that keeps you in that, in that sensory rest deficit situation. Yeah. So a, a very simple fix is something called um, time blocking. You know, looking at some of your activities that you do on your devices and see if you're able to time block them. Maybe you can... Time block your email, how often you engage with your email rather than going in and out of it all day long. Maybe having a couple of time blocks, maybe one in the morning, one in the evening, where you're going to spend a dedicated amount of time doing a a sensory-rich activity and then periods of time where you're not engaged with it. Or using maybe for 20 minutes a day, you're going to throw on some noise cancellation earbuds and allow yourself a moment of silence in the middle of your busy day just so that you get a bit of sensory reprieve from whatever those background noises are.
0: Mm. You know, what's amazing amazing about that to me is, um, and I was just discussing this with someone the other day, that, um, you know, on on my phone, everybody's phone works the same way, but on my phone, it happens on Sunday. So every Sunday, and I didn't realize this until it started doing it every week. I don't even know how it started. I got one of these smartphones. It's clearly smarter than I am, Dr. Dalton Smith. And every Sunday around the same time, usually it, it always happens uh, when I'm in church, but every Sunday around the same time, my phone updates me every week on what my uh, screen time was that week. And again, I don't mm-hmm. even, I don't know that I set my phone to do it. It just does it. And I just, I, it cracks me up. So I, I i literally, when I started looking at how much time I spend every week in, in, in screen time, um, I was almost embarrassed at one point. I said, am I spending that much time on my phone? Um and my, my phone is, you know, a resource I use all the time. For many of us, sadly, these phones are like body appendages these days. <laughs> They're attached to us. We never leave it anywhere. Uh, it's always, like, attached to our bodies, right? Um, and I started looking at how much time I was spending on my phone, so I, I started making a, a greater effort to try to back that down. And so I feel really good on Sundays when my phone tells me that I spent less time on my phone this week than I spent last week. And you're not talking just about phones. I hear your point about sensory rest and all these noises. But that advice about time blocking, uh, I have friends who uh, have done that, and they say it works well when you actually sort of force yourself uh, to step away from these devices, force yourself to turn all the stuff off around you. But you have to be intentional and deliberate about that, do you not?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, for a lot of people, if we really think about it, the only true notifications we need on our phone is the actual phone itself and, the, and our text messages. Mm-hmm. If somebody really needed us, that's how they're going to contact us. So I'm not saying to get rid of other apps on your phone. That'd be ridiculous because I enjoyed my apps as well, mm-hmm. but they don't really have to push me notifications. I can take control and choose when I want to engage with those apps. They're readily available but I can take back some control so that they're not pushing me stress at their desire.
0: Yeah, It's one of the things I have, I have we all have friends and family members who do this. Uh, it, it has never worked for me, but I don't understand how people sleep with the television on. It just, it's like uh, with the television on or the radio on or whatever on, it, it, it seems counterintuitive to the definition of sleep, of rest, but that's just me. What say you about that, Dr. Dalton Smith?
1: I agree. St- typical, you know, somebody's playing a TV show while they're trying to go to sleep, I find it hard to believe that they're going to go into deeper levels of non-REM sleep. Mm -hmm. They may be getting some very light sleep. Sleep has multiple levels and stages. So they may be getting some of the stage one, stage two, but I find it hard that they're going to be getting into stage three and four in those deeper levels of sleep because their, their mind is still going to be hearing this all of this in the background. Now, if they're listening to like the sounds of the ocean or the waves or some of that white noise, sure, sure. some people do because their brain won't shut up. They almost need that little bit of white noise to kind of keep them in a, in a, state where they can get calm yeah and so i have seen quite a few people benefit from white noise yeah. especially if they're having other areas they're, they're battling with
0: here again my my hand is up um i confess uh i use a rain app i have two or three favorite rain apps that i use and on those nights when it just won't shut down for me as fast as i need it to i i i, I turn to my rain app i try to do it on my own but if i can't i turn on that rain app and it always one of those three that I like. I got three favorites. One of them will will get me where I need to be, but for me, it's a it's it's a rain app. Uh, I learned earlier in this hour that I am a functional burnout. <laughs> That's what Doctor Dalton Smith called me, but she didn't call me that. But she described it, and I <laughs> I, I cop to it. Uh, I am a functional burnout. But thanks to this conversation, I am learning that there are seven types of rest that are available to you and to me. So far, we've talked about physical, mental, spiritual, creative. Just now, sensory rest. There are two more to go on this list. And when we come forward with Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith, we'll break it off for you. Let's unpack a little bit more with Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues right now. Right now. Right now. All right. We're working our way down this list of the seven types of rest that are available to us so that we can make the most of this year uh, and uh, be prepared adults when we walk into the workplace. Uh, because we've gotten the kind of rest that our minds and bodies need to make us the most productive that we can be uh, to maximize uh, the moment that is 2023. We've been talking to Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, who is a board-certified internal medicine physician and work-life integration researcher, and um, I love listening to her. She's breaking this stuff down and uh, hopefully uh, helping me uh, be a better person (laughs) starting tonight uh, or today. So the seven types of rest we've talked about uh, so far, physical, Mental, spiritual, creative, sensory. Number six, Dr. Dalton-Smith.
1: Yes, the sixth is emotional rest. And this really looks at how we are able to express our feelings and how we are able to be authentic and not have to feel as if we have to keep our emotions under wrap. For a lot of people, we aren't aware of the amount of emotional labor we carry in that we try to really protect others from what we're feeling. I'll, I'll give an example that might be easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Let's say if, you're, if you've ever been on an airplane and you have a, a flight attendant and you see that she's having to deal with someone who's, well, a bit of a jerk, and she keeps, or he or she keeps a smile on their face while they're dealing with this particular person. That flight attendant is dealing with emotional labor. They're not able to authentically say or express what feelings they're having with this person who's not being kind. They're having to keep all of that in check. Well, many of us do that on many different levels. If you're someone in leadership and you're having to, you know, fire people or you're going through acquisitions or all these different things, if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a new company or a startup and you're having to, you know, not necessarily want to share how you're feeling with all of the people who are working under you, there's emotional labor that we keep in as part of our professionalism. The problem with that is we don't recognize the emotional rest deficit that that leads to. And we don't always allow ourselves the opportunities to freely express our emotions with someone. It doesn't have to be everyone. It could be a trusted friend, a counselor, a therapist, a pastor. It could be someone you pay for, someone you hang out with, but we all need to have those moments in our lives when we can be truly authentic about what we're feeling. Mm.
0: To your, to your point about, um, Um, emotional rest Uh, and the example actually one or two of the examples you gave uh, made me think about the following so let me just ask you right quick Um, what do you say to those persons who work in a particular capacity uh, and these professions oftentimes uh, mean that people take their work home with them I'm talking not emotionally I don't mean taking on papers with you Uh, that we take stuff home with us emotionally how do you rest from that? How do you separate from that? How do you leave that where it ought to be left and not bring it home, take it home with you?
1: Yeah, there's multiple parts to that. I work with a lot of physician and, and first responders and military and people who uh-huh. have a lot of stuff they see in yeah. police and people yeah. have the stuff that they see and they deal with. And your brain doesn't just flip off because you hop in the car and drive away. Right. And so a big part of that is understanding that you don't want to take that toxicity into your your sacred spaces, so to speak. You don't want to take that into the places where then you're going to bring that into your family. And so sometimes it's necessary to have a process that you're using to diffuse that situation personally. That could be journaling. That could be talking to a th- therapist or a counselor. That could be just being aware of the fact that Yes, I am emotionally dealing with grief or trauma or whatever it is coming out of that situation and allowing yourself the opportunity to do whatever necessary for the, that emotional healing in those situations.
0: Hmm. So we've got physical, mental, spiritual, creative, sensory, emotional, and there is one more type of rest of these seven that we're going to talk about. In our remaining moments with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith on KBLA Talk 1580. Conversations that matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Tavis Smiley and Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith on KBLA Talk 1580. we just, uh, what, uh, three or four minutes left in this hour. Just enough time to get to this last of the seven types of rest that are available to us. Physical, mental, spiritual, creative sensory, emotional, and Dr. Dalton-Smith?
1: The final one is social rest, and it social. deals with evaluating the different people in your life. Most of us, the people that we spend the majority of our time with are people that are pulling socially from us. There are our coworkers. there are our clients. They could be our kids and our spouse, but they're people who need things from you. So you have to evaluate who are the people in your life who do not need anything from you, They're people who are life-giving, who are affirmative, who are pouring back into you. And make sure that all of your relationships aren't one-sided, where you're always the one on the giving end. Because really at the core of all of these types of rest is that need for restoration, for being poured back into. We have to really differentiate the fact that rest isn't simply about stopping or cessation activities like sleeping. But it deals with those activities that pour back into our place of depletion. And I know for a lot of people, after they hear about the seven, the first question they ask, well, how, how do I get all seven? It feels almost overwhelming. Mm. I know when I personally burned out, that was my situation. And so I always tell people, you start with the area of greatest deficit. I have a free assessment at restquiz.com. Um, it allows you to identify which of the seven types of rest you're most efficient in. And then once you identify that area of greatest deficit, you can then focus your attention on getting more rest in that one particular area, and that's where the research and everything in my book, Sacred Rest, came from.
0: Yeah, it was um, uh, the rest quiz. I <laughs> I did it last night, <laughs> preparing for our conversation, and uh, I saw what mine was, and I wasn't surprised by it. Uh, no, I ain't telling you. It ain't none of your business. I ain't telling you, but I I did it, and I know. <laughs> I know what it is, and so I know what I have to work on, which leads me to ask. Um, I assume that most of us, uh, or maybe I could be wrong. Maybe there's a profile. I don't know. I assume that most of us, though, at various points of our life, uh, lives are prone to a multiplicity of these rest deficits. Yes, no?
1: Absolutely. And if you're someone who has is, who is a go-getter? you have a bit of a high work ethic, you're you're a grinder. Mm -hmm. You're going to find that it's even more important to identify your personal rest deficits. So you're able to grind from a place of not always feeling exhausted.
0: Yeah, Uh, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is the author of uh, numerous books, including the ones you just referenced, a bestseller called Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. Love that title sacred rest recover your life renew your energy restore your sanity that ought to be the goal for all of us uh, in this year to get some sacred rest recover our lives renew our energies and Restore Our Sanities. Uh, that is the name of the book, a Sacred Rest. Uh, again, she's a board-certified internal medicine physician, work-life integration researcher, and just a great conversationalist. I've enjoyed this conversation immensely. Those seven types of rest, once again, are physical, mental, spiritual, creative, sensory, emotional, and social. Dr. Dalton Smith, thank you for talking to us uh, at the start of this year. Hopefully, we'll do better uh, between now and December 31, uh, courtesy of what you offered us today, and we appreciate you for sharing it.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: All the best to you. That's our show for today. Uh, Back here tomorrow morning. Well, tomorrow's Friday, so tomorrow's the best of Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. But we thank you for tuning in today and every other day this week. Uh, If you missed any of these great conversations this week, there's a good chance you'll hear it tomorrow. On the best of Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Time now to make room for the KBLA Midday Money Chain. Up next, the Millionaire's Roundtable with Lynn Richardson to be followed by Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Najee Roberts. Old money, new money, don't much matter around here. Either way, we got you covered. Thanks for tuning in once again today. And until tomorrow morning, and as always, keep the faith.